Welcome to the Orange Socks Podcast, where we are inspiring life despite a diagnosis. I'm your host, Dr. Gerald Nebaker. In this episode, I speak with Natalie about her daughter, Sophia, who has a number of disabilities. During the ultrasound, I was in shock. I thought, there's no way I'm strong enough to handle this. I can't do this. I felt trapped and afraid. I had four weeks to prepare for this unknown life. I needed to get through it with the least amount of stress because my baby could feel my stress. And so I decided to hold on to hope that everything was gonna be okay. And that's what got me through. But I was, I was so scared. Natalie knew in utero that Sophia would have some challenges, but the extent and number of challenges couldn't be known. When she was born, she was born with more issues than they could see on the ultrasound. And I remember asking everyone in the room, is she okay, is she okay? Because doctors and specialists were working on her in the corner and no one would answer me. At that point, I knew that everything wasn't okay. Natalie describes when she found out her daughter, Sophia, would be born with disabilities. And the moment after Sophia was born, when the shock faded, and she realized that her baby needed her. They finally laid her on my chest and she blinked and was staring right into my eyes. And I was still in shock because I hadn't seen another human being who looked like her. I just remember thinking, this is my baby, I need to comfort her. I reached out and then they took her away. Mm. I didn't see her until later that night and honestly, I was scared and I was avoiding it because I was afraid of this new life that I didn't know anything about. And it meant facing it the moment I went to see her in the NICU. And there was a point where the nurse was baby talking her before she handed her to me. And I just broke down crying because in that moment, the shock faded and I realized this is my baby. And I held her and I cried and the nurse held me. And from that moment on, I said, I don't care about anything else other than protecting her and doing whatever it takes to keep her happy and safe and loved. Sophia's issues are complex and she has several diagnoses. Sophia has multiple diagnoses. <laughs> she has Rett syndrome. It's a neurological disorder that basically takes your ability to walk, talk, and do things for yourself away from you. Kids develop typically and around um, one years old, they regress and they lose all their skills. We thought the only issue Sophia was gonna have were the deformities and the challenges that come with that because she was developing typically for everything she went through and those skills began to regress. But we didn't find out until she was five years old that she had Rett syndrome. Before that, she began to get sick all of the time and we found out she has an immune deficiency. It's a rare immune deficiency that only six people in the world have. She began to have seizures, which is caused by Rett syndrome. And she has type 1 diabetes. Rett syndrome really is the biggest challenge because it basically traps you inside your body. And she has a lot of neurological storms. And, and to me, that means seizures and tremors. And her brain won't 
do what it wants to do. And there are times when things calm and she can focus and she's able to move her arms and, and do things. And she does have different ways to communicate with buttons and switches. And also she really communicates with her eyes and you really don't need that many words to be able to express yourself and communicate. So, you know, she has to deal with a lot of challenges every day, but she does it with a smile. She's just the sweetest, most positive little girl. Natalie describes the unique challenges that Sophia faces. There's a scientist in California who discovered a gene that's impacted and the other people have differences with their mouth and hands, but they're not as severe. Actually, the Rett syndrome, it's a gene mutation on the MECP2 gene. And of course, Sophia's mutation is one that has never been documented before. She's like no one else in this world and no one has the combination of conditions and looks like her, although we've found a girl in Siberia who is very similar. Despite loving a child with a disability, there's a mourning process that any parent feels along this journey. That four weeks before she was born, I definitely was mourning. I felt it at certain times after her birth, when you would see other children around her age doing things that she couldn't do, and her losing her skills at around one and a half, two years old. That was another moment where you mourn the loss of her voice or her doing the itsy bitsy spider. Just little things that you appreciate so much more now that they are gone, that she was able to do that. But there came a point where I accept Sophia for who she is, disabilities, deformities, and all. There's no mourning in me because she is her own person. She is amazing. She is true beauty, strength, and I accept all of her. I love her and I accept all of her disabilities and differences. There was a time early on I mourned the loss of the dream of what I had. I wanted to be a mom since I was seven years old. And so there was a dream there and never considered having a disabled child. There was that feeling of loss, but that feeling is gone and it's replaced with full love and acceptance. Family support is an essential part of promoting health, healing, and hope. Our family was amazing. They embraced and accepted Sophia right away. And my husband's parents and my parents and my sister, they would all take turns going to the NICU, though Mark and I were there every single day and Mark would have to peel me away after 10, 12 hours. And they were there every day, visiting her, loving her. And it's still like that to this day. My family is absolutely amazing. I have to convince my dad to let me get her to do her feeds or whatever. He just always wants to hold her and be with her when he's here. And my mom supports us. And my sister, she's actually a nurse aide and is becoming a nurse because of Sophia. And, and she helps us. And, I feel like I couldn't do it without them. My husband, he is incredibly supportive. He is there for, for everything and for everyone, and he really is my rock. And you know, he had the same mourning periods that, that we did, and he has a different way of handling things than I do, but mostly we have been on the same page. And 
Uh, for us, it brought us closer together. We have been through unimaginable things and challenges and heartache, and yet it brings us close together. So yeah, our families have been amazing. Specific challenges related to public perceptions can be especially difficult. One of the greatest challenges is she does experience struggles and pain at times, and she can't tell me why. So there are times when I've held her and, and she's crying, and all I can do is be with her and comfort her after I've gone through the routine of trying to alleviate any type of pain, and we have a full routine of that. That was really hard until I realized she just needs me with her, and I will comfort her and work her through it. Natalie shares her pain from others' reactions to her daughter's differences. The biggest challenge for me has been taking her out in public. We knew it would be a challenge, but we did not realize that it would be as bad as it was. And I remember taking her to Philadelphia to the children's hospital there, and we're just walking the streets of Philadelphia. She's five months old, and my husband has her in the green carrier. And the moment that broke me was two teenage girls walking by and screaming at the top of their lungs as if they had seen a monster. And then they began to laugh. And before that, I noticed all the stares, the nonstop, the whispers, the mean comments. And that was the moment that kind of broke me. And I said, I can't do this because it was a pain that almost brought me to my knees, that people were so hateful and unaccepting of my child because she looked different. And I'm thinking this child has been through so much and overcome so much and she's amazing. And yet all they see are her differences and we were discriminated against. And you know, we took her to her first pumpkin patch experience and we were excited and there were other kids there and you get the stares and you already start to feel tense. and. The ladies checking those kids out, talking, laughing, giving them stickers, and the moment we walk up, she won't even look up at us. She won't acknowledge us. She didn't offer my daughter a sticker. You know, just things like that. And so I began to retreat, to have to build up so much strength to just go to the grocery store, to only be knocked back down again. That was really difficult for me. And I struggled with it. And so I chose to remain pretty private. I mean, we would still go out and do things. And when I was feeling strong, okay, you can do this. That was the hardest thing for me. I think it, it tapped into all of my other insecurities that I had just alone as a, a, a person and rejection and, and those things. And it was probably one of my greatest pains, having people treat my daughter differently and cruelly. Natalie shares some tips about how to be kind to people with differences. I always, always appreciated the people that would smile and say hello and uh, approach us in a kind manner. I'm okay with questions here and there as long as they are genuine questions because you want to learn and educate, not because you're being nosy. A smile and a hello and acknowledging my daughter that is there, that's what I would appreciate. And, um, you know, first and foremost, just educating your children 
to begin with about people with differences, facial differences and disabilities. Um, and you can do that in the comfort of your own home. And, and that's where it starts so that it's not a big deal and so that they know what people with disabilities and facial deformities look like and that they should be accepted and loved just like everyone else. Sometimes caring for a child with a disability sparks people to take action. And wow, Natalie really has become an advocate. She changed Twitter's policy regarding hate speech against people with disabilities. My advocacy started really to fight for health care for disabled children and to ensure that they're still receiving the, the health care that they deserve. And so as I was fighting, gosh, I got so much hate, death threats, really extreme things happening that put us in the public eye. Someone used Sophia's image to promote abortion and I decided enough was enough and I wanted to have it removed and, and Twitter at first found no violation. That really angered me. I have a great following and so I asked them to help me and we shared it and I shared the story and it went viral throughout the world and of course Twitter took it down. That's when another mother, an amazing activist, Julie, said, hey, they don't even have a place to report hate speech for disabled people. I could report hate speech for race, gender, religion, orientation, but not disability. So if there's not a proper place to report it, then there's oftentimes gonna be no violation. You know, just started a campaign to get Twitter to change that. With the help of so many amazing people and the large community that follows us, we were able to get Twitter to include disability in the reporting tool. The fact that it wasn't included already just speaks volumes and oftentimes disability isn't included in many talks about diversity and inclusion. So that kind of shifted my advocacy and the hate that we continue to receive. I try to expose it to change it because there's such a stigma still surrounding profoundly disabled children, children with facial deformities. I think about, you know, 1950s when disabled children were shipped to institutions. If that hadn't happened, we would all be used to it. It wouldn't be a big deal. Disabilities wouldn't be a big deal. Facial deformities wouldn't be a big deal, which is why I allow a glimpse into my home and our lives to normalize those things and for people to see that even though there are challenges and heartache and, and a lot of things that are involved with my daughter's conditions, there's still so much happiness, love, and just amazing things that come from my daughter. And she is true beauty and she has value and she is successful in my eyes. And I'm so proud of her. And I really, really wanna change society's definition of what beauty and success and value are. And that's what I fight to do. Sophia's siblings have developed a strong sense of compassion, empathy, and acceptance. I really believe that they are growing up knowing what compassion is, knowing what acceptance is, they know what true beauty is, and I learned that later in life. And I just think that they'll be amazing human beings, and they already are. 
I don't want to put pressure on them to be these, you know, spectacular people, but my five-year-old wants to be a doctor because of Sophia. I'm sure that will change, but that's the way they think and, and they want to help out with Sophia and they don't care about differences. It's not a big deal. I just think they're going to be more compassionate, more accepting, and they see the work that I do. They, they want to be involved a lot of times to advocate and they want to help others. And just the other day they were pretending to create their own nonprofits and it was all about helping people. In that moment, seeing them respond that way and come up with their own nonprofits to help other people, I realized, you know, the impact my work is having on them is really positive. I'm excited to see how they are as adults. Natalie offers some priceless advice for parents in similar situations. I would let you know that you are stronger than you think you are. Your love for your child will likely be stronger and more fierce than you could ever imagine because there's an extra level of advocacy and, and protection for your child that you will have to deal with. And while you may be sad now, accept those emotions, allow yourself to feel them so that they can pass and you will accept and love your child just like any other child. And it's the most difficult thing, but it's also the most amazing thing. I have dealt with extreme sadness, but because of that, I deal with extreme, real, true happiness. And she is so important to me. She has changed me for the better. I'm, I'm a better human being because of her. And I really do believe even though there are so many challenges, life is just so much sweeter with her because we appreciate the small things and we learn to live in the moment. Finally, Natalie describes the nonprofit she founded. I started an organization called Sophia's Voice in Sophia's honor. Sophia has a voice. Even though it's not typical one where she can speak, she has a voice and it's extremely powerful. And because of her voice, I am inspired to help others. And her voice is loud and powerful and she speaks with her eyes, her heart, her soul. My advocacy within Sophia's Voice is to encourage acceptance and inclusion of profoundly disabled children and children with facial deformities and also to help people with disabilities receive medical equipment, help with medical debt, and caregivers receive respite, and disability activists receive uh, fun gifts or just helping them with their advocacy. It's all because of Sophia. All of the work that I've done, everything that I do, the strength that I found, my voice that I've found, it, it's because of her. Please check out Natalie's nonprofit organization, Sophia's Voice, at sophias-voice.com. That's S-O-P-H-I-A-S, no apostrophe, hyphen, V-O-I-C-E.com. Sophias-voice.com. Check out the CNN report featured there. The Heartbeat Wave logo at the top of the page is Sophia's heartbeat, and in solidarity, Natalie has a corresponding tattoo on her arm. I've only met a few people in my life who have changed the world for the better. Natalie is one of them, and I am so honored that she took the time to talk with me. Thanks for listening to this episode. 
Orange Socks is an initiative of Rise Incorporated, a nonprofit organization dedicated to supporting and advocating for people with disabilities. Follow Orange Socks on Facebook and Instagram and visit our website, orangesocks.org, for more stories and to find national and local resources to help parents of children with disabilities.